When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. How is everybody doing today? We are joined today by one of the real house. I'm not even going to say former because once a real housewife, always a real housewife. Regardless of what else you've done and are doing in life, you'll always have that moniker, Miss Christy Rice from the Real Housewives of Miami. How are you? I'm good. How's everybody doing? Okay, let's talk about this background that I'm looking at. I mean, here I am in my New York apartment. And by the way, it's freezing in New York. I, the air is, the heat is on. You're in Miami and that looks so nice. Beautiful, sunny skies. You know what? It makes such a difference to be in warm climate at this time with what we're going through because at the end of the day, it's a little vacation. In the is midst this, of everything. Is this your backyard? This is my backyard. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Now, we, is this like... We truly define the hashtag, I live where you vacation. Oh my God. Like I see a pool. <laughs> where do you live in Miami? Like right in the center of it all? I live close to the University of Miami in the Gables area. So that's nice. Yeah, it's really nice. A lot of foliage, a lot of trees. So it's, it's pretty. What have you been doing? Is this like the first nice day in Miami or have you just, it's been nice? Cause I've, I'm. Been nice. Wow. It's been nice. So what have you been doing for quarantine? How have you been handling it? Are, are all of your children home with you? Everybody's yes. home. So I have, um, my daughter's 21. She just turned 21 right before this all happened. So, and to boot, she's, was like, Mom, my 21st has to be just off the top, exaggerated. And, and at first I was like, you're so ridiculous. But now I'm like, I'm so thankful that we made it like literally a week long celebration because right after that, we went into quarantine. What so, did you do for her birthday? What didn't we do? What didn't we do is the question. Like, I swear they think I'm their age, you know, because like I'm super close to my children. I have a 21 year old, an 18 year old and a 16 year old. And then I have um, two stepsons from my previous marriage and they, one just turned 28, the other one's 29. And so like, there's always a bunch of kids we're always together and they all get along amazing. And um, my ex-husband actually remarried and had a little girl who is like also another daughter. So this wow. part has been about the extended family, everybody here and like we kidding around call it like the, uh, what is it? I mean, they gave it uh, the Rice Country Club. So, you're either swimming, 
right here. Okay, I'll show you as well. Behind there, oh my gosh, there's a full size basketball court. So every day the boys come and they practice, and then we jump on the bikes and ride bike, um, swimming, tanning, Pilates, dance. We're so blessed because we have a big family, so we feel like you know, at least we're in good company. Are they right down the street from you, your ex husband, and like your stepson? No, he's not, but he's not too far, but. Like the, the, my stepsons are old already. They live alone. One is actually in Atlanta, but the one that's here, he's very close to my kids. So he's here every day and personal training us or whatever, whatever comes to mind that day. The beauty, that's, the weather. That's so perfect. nice. Yeah, yeah. So we're very blessed in that sense. Well, you know, there's a lot of New Yorkers, which actually, you know, that left and like came to like Miami or other parts of Florida. You know, I think like I was too, too far into it before I was like, okay, now I'm ready to go away. Like in the beginning, I was like, I really want to stay in New York and I'm happy I stay because like I like being near my stuff. But, you know, I think if this happens again, my plan is to pick up like the day they say that this might happen again, I'm leaving and I'll probably come to Florida or somewhere and just get a house with like a nice gym or other things. Yeah. I mean, at least you can get out, you know? I mean, totally. if I'm in New York, it's hot, but but at least you have things to do. Like one of my best friends, she's got a place in the Hamptons and every day she, she videos me from there. And then I'll be like, okay, at least she's out of the city. You know, you guys have options. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of people went to the Hamptons in the beginning. There was this whole thing, like some man went into one of the smaller stores and like, I guess it was like $8,000 and like literally bought out the store. I don't know who this is, but this was the story going around. Like literally said, I want everything, like every item of food, every toilet paper, they just bought out everything. So I think like at first in the Hamptons, there was this like, there's no food or anything at like a lot of the stores because people were just going and like buying the whole store. Yeah, there's not a lot of options. She did say that, but that's actually crazy. People, you know what, times like this is when you actually see like, like the greed that can take over inside of people. The good, and, the good and the bad comes out in these times. So I believe that there's, there's really like a much bigger reason, a much bigger calling to everything that we're living at this moment. And, and whether we see it now or we see it later, Something good it will come out of all. Of I it. think so. And like, you know, maybe it's, you know, right. I, I agree. Like maybe it'll teach people kind of to like be more in the moment and treat people nicer and appreciate the small things in life, maybe. Truly. Truly. So that's good. So you now are originally you're originally from Miami? I was born and raised here. And you're I, I was just gonna say descent. So, so they're originally from Cuba. Yeah, my parents were born in Cuba. Um, my grandparents in Spain. So, Cuban Spanish descent. Did you? So, did you grow up like going back and forth between like Florida and Cuba, a lot? No, remember the because of the situation. That wasn't right. even a choice. Yeah, but it's like um, I guess like we have a little mini Cuba within Miami. I mean you. You know, if you know the history, yeah. Yeah, I, I went, I Sorry. went to Cuba before the embargo was lifted by like maybe six months. I went on like one of the cultural exchange tours. What year did you go? You know, it's like whenever when when was the embargo lifted? What I'm I'm horrible with years. It all blends together. I'm so bad with years too. I only know that I. 
I mean, it was forbidden for us. I'm one of five yeah. kids and it was absolutely forbidden. One second, what do you mean? Okay. That's my gorgeous. I've seen them on your Instagram. You have a very good looking family, all of you. That's a whole nother story. Yeah, they're staring at me like, did you need anything? Um, so it was, it was forbidden. It was like, like you couldn't, you know, you just didn't talk about it. It was never a thing. But as, you know, our generation, we are curious too. And when you are raised all your life, every conversation, every, everything is about Cuba and how life was there. And I mean, our morals, our values, our food, our traditions, everything is this way. And it is very normal to us because all of our friends were also children of Cuban immigrants. And so when I was like maybe 29, let me see, my, no, younger, like 27, 28 years old, um, Glenn, my ex-husband was playing with the Charlotte Hornets and there was a teammate, maybe you've heard of him, Vladi Divac. No, but... That He's doesn't a, mean anything. Yugoslavia. And so they had the, the whole communist situation going on too. And at some point or another, Craig Sager, you remember Craig Sager? Yeah. The guy that would do the commentating that would wear the crazy colored outfits and stuff. Yeah. He, I, somehow or another, he came up with this whole idea of like, if we could go to Cuba because the Pope was visiting Cuba at the time. And people are kind of funny you know they're like well i guess if the pope is going then it's okay and so i gave a reason to make it okay you know to go at the time so i jumped on that bandwagon and i was like i really want to see what what it is and what it's about and so like my parents were not happy i did not go with the approval or the blessing of the family but i went and for me it was like life changing it was it's just amazing because you hear about this place your whole life and then all of a sudden you're standing there and it's just 90 miles away from the tip of Key West, which for us is right there. And so it's so close, but yet so far. And yeah. that was my first time. And then I decided that my, like we growing up, I'll have t-shirts that say like made in America with Cuban parts. It's like a, a say, you know, Cuban parts. So I said I was going to have made in Cuba with American parts. And I conceived my daughter in Cuba and had her nine months later in Miami. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that was like just like my first time and I was like, I'm gonna make this meaningful. And then since then I've been back twice, but it's beautiful and sad. Was it, yeah, I, I went I went for during Christmas, you know, only within the past, I would say six years. Whenever the embargo was lifted, it was the- It was a good time when you went. It was like the Christmas right before that. It was like, I think it happened like two or three months after we came back. And how did you feel? I mean, it was great. You know, I went for, it was like a tour. I went out for nine days. It was, I think it was all Americans. Like there was no one on our tour that wasn't, I mean, it was like from America to there. It was like a big tour group, but it was great. I mean, the food was great. It was almost surreal. Like I, the food and all that, I don't know. Cause I, it's the best that they can do in the situation, but it's surreal to see like, those are the same buildings, the same cars, like everything. It's like the time warp. The cars were amazing. It's just what you would expect. And that's the thing, like part of, cause I'm like a big traveler. I've been to like 55 countries, believe it or not. So in all seven continents. So like that was part of the reason, like my friends and I wanted to go. We're like, we want to go before the embargoes lifted, before there's a Starbucks down the street. Or I mean, I don't know what state it's in now, yeah. but we were afraid it was eventually going to become, you know, like any other Caribbean destination. Well, good for you. I mean, there's everybody has an opinion, but I, I'm like you. I believe in traveling. And I always tell my kids, I'm like, if there's a reason in the world why you guys don't have to be in school, it's because we're traveling. 
because yeah. travel is so educational and so really i mean let's we're always going to agree to disagree is the way i see things yeah <laughs> yeah like it opens your eyes you know just to see and like you know when you go to a lot of these countries like a certain you know like poorer countries like it just makes you realize like we have it so good some of us i spend a lot of time in colombia because i had manufactured there for my swimwear and i love it colombia is great too yeah i i enjoy the cultural differences i enjoy like i I enjoy the differences. That to me is like super captivating. I, I, I like to be around and just like learn and see and the why, like why, I always wonder why, why to everything, why. And you're close to all these places too, which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah, yeah, my is. Did you ever consider living somewhere other than Florida? Or are you just, you're such a Miami girl? Well, I have because, um, Again, my past, when I, when I first met my ex, we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, at the time he was with the Miami Heat, but then, can you hear me? Because it says the yeah, connection is Yeah, now I could. Okay, let me move it and see if it's better here. Better? That's good, yeah. Can you hear me? So we were here in Miami. I met him here in Miami and right away got traded to the Charlotte Hornets. Then I went to live in North Carolina. And after North Carolina, we went to Los Angeles. And then I lived in LA, which I loved. And then from LA, we went to New York. And I like, of course. Did you live in the city, New York City? No, we lived, um, we have like the best of both worlds during the season because we have the place over and we lived in Rye, purchased Rye, was the purchased Rye postal code, I don't know, but. They, they fly out of uh, White Plains, like yeah. near the airport. And um, so we lived there and that's beautiful. However, being from Miami and moving there, I didn't understand like the 4.30, it's pitch dark and everybody's inside. And so it creates like almost depression. Yeah, yeah. seasonal depression disorder yeah, I mean, is what they call it. I don't know, it was like, oh my God, this is nuts. And then. So what we would do is on game days and um, on the day thereafter, we had a place on 61st and Park where most of the players would stay. And so then you're in the city. So I kind of had the best of both worlds. It was That's nice. the best of both worlds. How'd you meet your husband, Glenn Rice, who was part of the NBA? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, that was like random. Um, I met him at a barbecue <laughs> on a Sunday night. Um, it was a teammate of his who was a friend of mine. And I remember my girlfriend was like, come on, we have to go, we have to go. And I was like, no, it's Sunday. And I was a high school teacher. So, you know, I had to be at, I had to be at work at like 6.45, 7 o'clock in the morning. I was like, there's no way it's Sunday. And sure enough, that no was a yes. I was young and I was like, okay, and there we were. And I, ha- I mean, I was not a big basketball fan, but um, I had some friends that I had met, ironically, the year before. And when I met them, I didn't even know who they were and my friend, that was with me he was the guy and he was like do you not know who you're talking to and i go i don't know these guys and they came and they asked me like what's a good spot to go eat at this time because it was a, it was like a night out on miami beach and i was telling them to go to the diner and my friend kept looking at me like thinking i was joking and i'm like why do you keep staring at me like that and he's like dude they played for the miami heat i'm like oh well i didn't know you know and then i became friends with them and a year later they invited me to a barbecue and glenn was there and we met and that was it 
So when you started dating him, were all your friends like, oh my God, like what the hell is going on? Like look who you're dating. Like did your parents, like your family? Well, it was weird. Like my girlfriends, no, everybody was like, we were cool. Our generation was very different, I would say. Um, I don't know. There was none of this. Like, so, so you, people weren't so like, so I don't know what word to say, but you know what I'm trying Materialistic. to Materialistic. Like besides materialistic, like it wasn't, everything was not so phony and so fake. Like you, if you admired somebody, it was more because of who they were. Like you, something, well, a singer or an athlete, maybe because you went to the games and so you knew, or you watched them on TV. But like, you didn't just like fall in love with people over like a screen of a phone or a computer or whatever it was. And you know nothing about that person, but like you idolize that person. That was not our generation. Like, no, right, it didn't happen. So my friends met him and we were all like friends. Like nobody was ever like, oh my God, can we get tickets to a game? Or like, no, not, not my friends. But yes, we would, they would see him all the time when we were together going to parties or to wherever we went. So it was more like a casual, like, yeah. I mean, granted, it was cool. However, it wasn't like, I don't know. It was a lot more real, let's just say. And um, and my brothers and sisters, again, were five and everybody was cool with it. My parents had a little bit of a difficult time because of the interracial thing at first. So I went through a lot. And now I, I look back and I tell my kids, I'm like, I was such a pioneer for today's generation. I really kind of. You no, know, definitely, especially here in Miami, like it didn't exist. It was not okay. Like, especially not like I grew up in private, going to like private Catholic schools my whole life. And, and I mean, we didn't really have many black people in our, in our schools. It was like the daughter of, you know, I don't know, like some, some, where or something like it was not like the common thing and today it's changed so much and i'm so happy about that you know i remember one of my best friends um at the time was mari sakata and today she married john sakata and she and i we we talked about it because we both went through similar things her the latin version because john was cuban but he was still he was considered a black cuban and me glenn american and and so it, it was hard for us but it, it just makes it stronger and and I wouldn't trade it for the world because my kids are the most amazing. Interesting. So, right. So it wasn't like your parents were like, oh my God, this guy's rich or he can be rich and what a life. It was more just like, he's black and this is an yeah, interracial yeah. relationship. Yeah, it's not. You're, you're going to suffer. Their thing was not so much because he's black, just because the lifestyles are very different. You were not raised like him. Um, I mean, it was just like so many other things. Like, you're just not going to get it. And and it's very hard as it is to marry within your own race and your own religion and your own things. And if you go out of that, you're just kind of asking for complications. And I never was really like, okay with it because I was like, but if he was white and not, you know, of my religion or whatever, it probably wouldn't have been a big thing. That's just the way I, I saw it. And, and, you know, to some extent, they were right about the upbringing. That's the only thing I will give my parents and my grandparents, like in what they were trying to teach me back then was like, the way you are raised, your morals and values, look for those when you go to get married. And that's what I tell my kids. I don't care where they're from, what they look like, but what they believe in and the way they were raised, pay close attention because when you have children and you have differences, you know, God willing, you don't, but if you do, 
those things really are important that you both believe in the same thing and that you're both raised a certain way so you both continue to do the same and when you don't both have that it's not easy the wait is over that's right season five of the kardashians is here just when you thought life couldn't get any faster they're punching it into overdrive Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. That's true. Yeah. And now, no, go on. So no, I mean, that's true. I think that that was the biggest difference. Like, if you know, people ask me all the time, well, interracial, was it hard? And wasn't hard. It wasn't hard for me. I, I, I never, I don't see color. I never saw color. Um, and it was strange for a girl like me because I wasn't used to, I didn't grow up in like this mixed environment. In Miami, you were Latin and then you were, my friends were either Jewish American or they were Cuban American. That was it. And that was it. That's what I was raised around and, and that was it. And, and then all of a sudden, hi, six, not only black, but six, eight tall and black. Like, there was no hiding that guy. <laughs> right. You're like, there's no way to hide it. No, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm from Connecticut and like where I grew up. I mean, it was not in the middle of nowhere, but it was right. It was all like Jewish or wasp or Italian. And I think we had like one African-American in our high school. You know what I mean? Like until you went to college, you and just. Then, exactly. Yeah. So, so that, but that yes. Silly, six, but learn from it and. I mean, I really feel like it's, you know, our cards are written. I, I think that when you're born, like, you know, your day is, your day is written for you. We just don't know it, but we're all going to go. And we all have a story that's already written when we come to this world. And that's how I see it. And, and I'm super thankful for all the things that I went through because really you grow so much. And I mean, totally. I mean, that's what it's all about, like spiritual growth. And, and I think that everything that I went through made me stronger and stronger and and so here I am. <laughs> totally. No, that makes sense. Now, go, let's go into the housewives for a minute and then we'll come back to more of like what you're up to because I want to talk about your clothing line. But so you never, I know you haven't really watched Bravo. You didn't watch Bravo before you were on the So when they were casting this Miami housewives, the real housewives of Miami, like, did you know what that was? Like having never watched like New York or New Jersey, like, did you know what Bravo was? Did you know what the real housewives were? So we, okay, no, the answer is no, because A, I don't watch a lot of television. I, I just don't watch television. I'm like that person, like, like now and these days, uh, to me, they're very normal because I normally will stay home. And like, if you stay home on a Friday night, I'm sure you turn on your TV and you're like, oh, I have nothing to do. I'm just going to watch a couple of flicks. I stay home and I don't turn on the TV. I just like, I like silence. I'm always around people and noise and things like that. I, I enjoy science. I don't, it doesn't cross my mind. People are like, did you just sit in a room for five hours? You never turn on the TV. And I'm like, no, I'll look at my phone every once in a while. I'll scroll through Instagram. Like I'll do things like that, but it doesn't like TV to me is noise. So when they, I had just gotten divorced, you know, I, we had moved back in 2004. In 2008, I got a divorce. And I think we did that show 2009 or something, right? Uh, I don't even remember, but yeah. it was shortly after I divorced. I do remember that. And they approached me and the approach was that 
they wanted to do a show in Miami that had something similar to like Sex in the City. Now, Sex in the City, I had watched, you know? So I was like, that's, that's awesome because I'm from here. And I was like, what exactly is it going to be like? And they were like, well, kind of we want to focus on places in Miami, like, like show the world like another side of Miami, a really like nice side, take away from like that Miami Vice type image that it has and concentrate more on like new places new restaurants and things like that. I was like, this is great. And, and I mean, I'm from here my whole life. I have all my friends. I didn't mean new friends, but I thought it would have been cool because since I had moved away for almost 10 years, I never fully moved from Miami. We just would go during season. And then this is this actually that I'm in now was our summer home. And um, I thought it was a great idea. So I was like, okay. And then the guy who was casting was a friend of mine too. And he was like, yeah, help me look for people. So we started, I started collaborating and helping them like think of people that I thought were like interesting and stuff. And at the same time, NBA, the basketball wives was on and they had sent me a contract and they wanted me to do this. So I think my friend told the producers of Bravo and was like, look, she's ready to go to basketball wives because friends want it. But I never had agreed to basketball wives as I was, I knew it was going to be like very dramatic and I never sign up for the drama. Like I, I still don't sign up for the drama. And so I had said to my friend, like, like if I tell you, cause you're my friend, I would be like, oh, hey, this is happening. But I didn't think he was gonna tell them. So he did. And then they came and they're like, Christine, no matter what, like here, sign. Like, so I was like, of course I'm gonna do this because this is something new. I just got a divorce. This could be like a fresh start. I'm back in Miami. This is my city and I love, people and i i like to make friends and i'm a gemini like that's i'm a gemini too you are we're the best sign ever the best fucking sign i love being a gemini i love it so much when is your birthday my best friends are gemini's i married a gemini so my ex is a gemini i'm i'm may 26 my two sisters are gemini my best friend that when I was all my life, she's my daughter's godmother. She's a Gemini. Like everybody that I meet, me too. Is a Gemini. Uh, me too. I have all my friends are Gemini's. It's like I'm June 9th. It's like I love being a Gemini. When's your birthday? June 9th. Oh my God, I'm a lot of Taurus rising, but yeah, Gemini is my favorite sign. I love so. so. So with this, your friend came to you with like with an idea, but it wasn't housewives. Oh no. It, Oh, right. It was a Bravo show, but it was more like what I'm telling you. It was supposed to be like a, a right. city type show. So I'm like, okay, cool. We're doing it. So I sign on and then now I'm the only one signed on for this And show. the reason was because they were like, don't go to Basketball Wives. We'll just right. sign this and we'll figure it out. We want and, you no, no matter no, what. They were like, we know we want you and we don't want to lose you to Basketball Wives. And so, you know, you're on. So I'm like, okay. So then from that point on, they're like, oh, can you help us like with scouting girls and stuff so they started doing the scouts and I went to the things and everything um, I don't know if they knew that I was signed on or not but at the moment it was already I had already said yes wow. so when this happens we have our first they kind of get this group of girls right and we have our first filming let's say at another friend of mine was having the opening of her tanning salon and we all go to this and when I get there again remember I was coming back from 10 years in the NBA, um, I, Los Angeles, New York, big cities, Houston. I, my life was 
very different, right? To the girls that were local here, who they were trying to get to do this show, right? So we go to the first thing and um, I always make this joke, but I say like, there was this camera person with channel 541. Have you ever heard of that channel? No. Okay, well, neither had I. And they, I'm being sarcastic, that was not the channel, but it was like a very non-insignificant, and like the behavior and like the way that I, I, I saw everybody just like starving for some sort of recognition or like, like starving for stardom is all I could say. So I went and I said, after that day, I can't do this. It's like, I cannot do it. I'm like, no, 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 what do you mean? Why? And I was like, because um, none of these girls have really been exposed to a life like the one that I have. And I, you know, I, I don't know. I, it seems kind of like crazy to me and I, I just can't be part of it. So I was like, how about if I suggest another person that kind of has something in common with me and kind of knows what it's like to be interviewed and to be on TV and to be in controversial situations and stuff. And they were like, well, who can you find? And then I called my friend Larsa Pippin, who is not a Miami girl and Scotty and Glenn went, go way back. And so I, I said, like, I'll talk to Scotty and see if he'll be okay with it. And they're like, but she's not from Miami. And I was like, who cares? But pretend or do something because at least she and I could relate. So, yeah. that, so then that's how Larsa got on the show. So the original girls you just mentioned, that was just like an open casting call or just but like... They're the girls. And there was nobody that actually ended up... Oh, it, or was it the people they, that... They are the girls. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that was like Leah, Alexia, Adriana, Marisol. So that was them. So they brought you to them. So they cast all of them on their own, right? Like you well, weren't involved I, in that. I was in the casting. Yeah, I was there. But... And, and I've known a lot of them from before and I was cool with them. It's just that being cool with somebody and being okay with them to actually doing something like this, like it was a big, like it was very new to them. Television world and, and, and like being in the limelight and all those things was new to them. And it was very apparent that it was new to them. And I was like, I don't know. I, it was, you know, I understood, but it was just like, it's not for me. I'm not doing this. So you knew all of them before and then you're saying like as soon as those cameras were action it was like a bunch of people fighting for the camera kind of, time not, yeah they weren't fighting each other it was like starving for attention yeah I mean, it was it was I don't know how to explain it but for me it was like a little bit of a shocker again oh I I've just, seen it many times trust me I get I, it so I was kind of like wow this is not for me you know so I just know and then that's when they were like no Chrissy no 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 you cannot you're, you're saying and then I brought Lars on and um, and I knew all of them except for Adriana. I had never met Adriana in my life. And um, I knew Leah. I was cool with Leah. I knew Marisol. I knew Alexia. I, I, I think that was it, right? Yeah. So, so did you, yeah, Leah, Adriana, Alexia, Larsa, and Marisol were the others. So did you, did you kind of bring, so you brought Leah, Alexia, and, Lars, and um, Marisol on the show before no, I Marissa. didn't. I brought them. It's just that I, but I was there when we were doing all the castings because, again, I had already agreed. But like they also, well, at least Marisol, I know for a fact, knew my friend also that we had in common. And um, I don't know. I mean, there was other people that also casted and whatever, but they were the ones. And, and it was, I thought it was going to be like 
something, you know, once Larsa came on, I felt more comfortable because again, I felt like, okay, I have somebody that understands like, and, and producers do, and that's why they kind of threw us together. We're not the best of friends. We're not even the same person remotely. However, we lived the same life. We understood what it was about. So that's, you know, and so that kind of brought us even closer. Totally. At the time, at the time it did. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was an experience. So, so being on the show actually brought you guys closer together. It didn't like hinder your friendship with Larsa or anything? No, no, Larsa and I, we kind of, I mean, we kind of like knew from the beginning, like, okay, we're, we're in this together. And so I always had her back. She always had mine. Um, but again, I, when I found out halfway through our filming thing, they said to us, this is a real housewives of my, this is a real housewives material. So this show is going to be a real housewives. See, we didn't start filming as real housewives. We started filming as that show that was going to be about friendship in Miami and all these things. And halfway through we became the real housewives of Miami. And then, so, so many other franchises have the same story, or at least with casting, a lot of girls have told me like they didn't know what they were casting for when they went through three rounds. So what happened? And when I found out, I called him and I was like, I, there's no way in the world because a friend of mine came over and he's actually like a very famous singer. And he was like, Chrissy, you do know what that show is, right? And I go, well, no, I mean, it's, like, it's a show that everybody talks about. But he's like, yeah, but you've never watched it, right? And I was like, no so they put on for me the episode of new jersey when the lady um can't remember her name i, I think anyway, i don't know but she takes the table and she flips it over on top of the other girl they get in this huge fight and they flip a table over like she throws the table on her and i go what so i call them and i go there's no way in the world like there's no way i'm doing this and like so then they came over and they brought me the Bethany Frankel story. And they're like, you have your own story. You, you know, Chrissy, you have to think of it in this light and how you can add Bethany Frankel story. I was like, this girl's a genius. And okay, then I'm going to use this. I'm, you know, I'm going to be friends. And hopefully the girls were all cool. I didn't have a problem with any of them. So I thought this will be okay. But it turned out um, to be the housewife show and, and they quickly caught on. They obviously knew that drama was a part of it and that without drama, this is not going to work. And so they chose me. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> well, okay. So the girl who flipped the table, well, the girl who flipped the table, that was Teresa Giudice from New Jersey. So I'm glad that they showed you that and you were like, no, this is not <laughs> happening. Yeah, that was Teresa. That's exactly who it was. Teresa was her name. Yeah. Crazy. So that's when you were like, I mean, I'm not doing this. And it was then funny and stuff, but, but. And then they showed you're you. Going Bethany. Out. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. And then they showed you Bethany's story and you were like, okay, well, I could see a different way of going about this. Right. Were, how did the other girls react then? Like Leah, Alexia, Adriana, like were they thrilled when they heard it was Housewives? Like, did they have the opposite reaction than you? Than you? you know, I didn't really, I, we didn't, I didn't really talk to them like that. So I don't know, maybe they were happy. I, I assume they were happy. I know one that was happy for sure. And that was 
Adriana because she like she openly told us all that the reason why she was like so desperate to be on the show was because she had had a fallout with her ex-husband and uh he did her pretty dirty and she just wanted revenge and she felt at the time i don't know if that's still the case that uh her becoming this person and like making it to wow like a bravo star she in her mind she was like this huge star and um she this was going to be the revenge to him and and i mean she literally she told us like i and i and i'm like the complete opposite i mean i had just gone through a divorce and i would never i never mentioned one thing about my ex-husband and if i ever speak about him i will only speak kind things because i'm not that person you know like everybody has issues that you get over on but like but like trying to go on a show to trash your ex-husband and I mean, that says everything about you not about him and that's the way i saw it so i i didn't really so she was gung-ho about it i know that but you can tell if you watch the series you know like and she was gung-ho in the sense of like a i'm gonna be famous and b i'm gonna trash my ex-husband and everyone's gonna listen because i have a platform now yes and that was all that was her purpose and um and yeah and it was a lot of things like that that i was just like you know I, I, they didn't resonate with me that's i don't like like that wasn't me and i didn't care to find i didn't care to use the housewives as something to become like famous over when i don't know it didn't and you would you had already been exposed to that lifestyle per se i mean you know you were traveling and i mean you know oh i mean in in los angeles basically basketball players are like the same as as like the musicians or the actors or the like they're all in one so it was that life those were our friends this is who we were with all the time i mean you didn't you did not starstruck over stuff like that and it was just your friends it's just normal and i don't know and so and so like yeah i couldn't i couldn't relate and i still don't Speaking of Starstruck, who is this famous singer that came over that popped on the Teresa Giudice table flip? Oh, no. A friend. Do you like how I slipped that one in there? Yeah, totally. But yeah, no, a friend. But yeah, he knew a lot more than I did, so I'm still grateful to him. I'm always like, man, thanks. And he's like, I tried to save you. You know, after season one, and he's like, I tried to save you. I'm like, yeah, I know. He's like, Real Housewives is drama. Who was like the biggest offender of like, you know, tr- like you mentioned, like trying to get that camera time and being like, I'm going to be famous. This is my time. Like out of like Leah, Adriana, Marisol, and Alexia. Um, let's see. On, se- on season one. Oh, I lost you. What did you yeah, say? Yeah. On season one when you guys were filming. Yeah. But you said who was the one? That who was like the biggest? Because you mentioned like, you know, when the camera turned on, they were all like starving for camera time. Like who was like the biggest defender of that? Like Leah, Marisol, Alexia, or... Adriana. Um, it's weird. Okay, season one, Adriana and and Leah were like the tag team, and Leah obviously had the clout because it was like it, it was like the story, true or not, I don't know, but that like Leah would talk to the producers and talk to everybody, and that everything went how she wanted it, right? Again, in order for that to happen, you actually actually have to care and make that extra phone call and do all the things. Like, those were the things that, like, I know I never did. I don't think Larsa did either. Like, we just didn't care. We just were like, all right, whatever. So what are we doing today? And then that's what it was. 
they kind of like orchestrated and it's going to be like this and like they would plan um okay today you're going to say this and you're going to talk her and like it was crazy it was crazy like they tried to make Larissa and i to be the mean girls and attack us but you know like you know how they say like if you go to war with somebody that has nothing to lose you've already lost the war yeah well i had nothing to lose i had no skeletons in my closet i like i'm like eminem whatever you're going to say to me i said it first right so so here, here's, you know, here's the microphone. What are you going to say now? Because I've already said it. Like I owned anything and everything that I had in my life. And, and really there was not much. So I was more there because I thought this was going to be like organic, fun. And, um, and, and again, like I told you, Adriana's purpose was just to be like, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I can't even, like, she just was like mean and, and like very, like she would do things like behind her back, tricky things like that. And she had her purpose and um, she carried it all the way through to the live reunion where like she tried to attack me and say all kinds of stuff. And to this day, till this very day, two, I could tell you two moments that, that were, I guess, planned as a, it was a plan to break me, but instead they helped me. And one was, again, because my role when it, when they edited the show or the role that they gave Larsa and I was basically like the mean girls and Larsa kind of like the like prepotente, how do you say in English? Like um, kind of like snobby, like throwing the whole story about the nannies and all that. Like if she thought she was better than everybody and all that, that's like how they perceived her on, on the editing. And then me kind of like, I don't care and whatever. They asked us to go on watch what happens live and Hey guys, thanks for listening to part one of our sit down with Real Housewife of Miami, Christy Rice. Make sure to tune in to part two coming soon where we talk about Larsa Pippen, her newfound life with the Kardashians, more about Leah Black and Adriana, and what Christy really thinks about her time on the Real Housewives of Miami. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.